Welcome to Over Beers. I'm Freddie Clark. Election day is approaching, and while it's not a presidential or midterm election, this year can have big impacts on you locally, especially when it comes to beer. Laws regarding alcohol in general, and beer in particular, go all the way back to the time of the Babylonians, around 1700 BC or so. The Code of Hammurabi classified beer into 20 different categories of styles and put price controls on both brewers and innkeepers. These types of regulations have been almost a constant ever since. Two of the most famous laws around beer are, of course, Prohibition in the United States and Reinheitsgebot, commonly known today as the Bavarian Beer Purity Law. In 1516, Reinheitsgebot mandated that only barley, water, and hops could be used in the beer-making process. At the time, they did not know yet about the importance of yeast for fermentation. Originally, the law also included price controls. As time went on, the price controls were removed and yeast was added as a legitimate ingredient. It also went on to state that any brew not following its strict rules on ingredients could not be called beer. It's still strictly followed in many countries and used as a guideline in many others. Prohibition took a different approach. Rather than try to regulate how alcoholic beverages were produced, it simply outlawed the production, selling, or transportation of them. Oddly, it did not explicitly ban their possession or consumption. After Prohibition, the federal government empowered local states to fashion their own regulations around the three-tier system that we talked about last week. In New Jersey, the laws that were put in place were very strict and only have begun to really change in the last decade or so. When it comes to beer, the laws have not kept up with changes in other states, especially our direct neighboring states. Which brings us to the election day and this week's interviews. This past Tuesday, there was going to be an event called Vote Beer to support New Jersey breweries. The goal was to raise money to support the Political Action Committee to advocate for law changes on behalf of New Jersey breweries. The event was canceled due to concerns around New Jersey's ABC regulations. It is rather ironic that an event to raise money to work to change laws was canceled because of the very institution put in place to enforce those laws. Now, while the event did not take place, some New Jersey brewers got together to discuss how to move forward. I was able to go and record short conversations with some of them in attendance. While this is not the usual discussion we normally have with brewers, I do think it's important to get an understanding of how the current laws affect them and in turn can affect anyone interested in local beer in this state. The overall discussion in the room was animated and there's a good amount of it, so you're going to hear background noise. I ask that you forgive the noise as we listen in. Tell us where you're from. So I'm from Lower Forge Brewery in Medford, New Jersey, and I'm right in the historic village. Okay. And Jay? I'm Third State Brewing down in uh, beautiful downtown historic Burlington. Beautiful downtown historic Burlington. Okay. It is very beautiful. It is. Okay. Now, tonight we're all here to talk about the laws that affect breweries in New Jersey. So the big two things really are really about the tours and food. So, Paula, what do these laws, as they stand today, mean to you, to your brewery? Every time someone comes into the brewery and is going to have a beer on premises, it must be in conjunction with a tour. So if they're in on Friday night and come back in on Saturday, they have to have a second tour that they've already had the night before and maybe the week before 
for us as a brewery, it means we always have to have one extra employee available to do tours while somebody else is available for beer service. Okay. So now I take it as a New Jersey craft brewery, that is a, a challenge for you because of just having an, another person on staff paid personnel on staff at all times to, is, to cover that. That is correct. The other thing is it, it is an impediment to good customer service because people, especially people that have gone to breweries in other states, they don't understand it. Well, how come? I was just here. What do right. you mean? Another tour? Right. And you say, yes, I'm sorry, that's the law, but here, let me try to make it interesting. Right. So if I want to come in after work and just swing by for one beer on my way home on Wednesday, and I do it again on Thursday, I still have to take the same tour. You have to take a second tour, correct. Yeah. Okay. Jay, what about from your perspective? What, uh, what, what, what do the New Jersey laws right now, how do, they, how do they hurt you besides what Paula was talking about? Well, I, I, from the standpoint of the tours, I, it's not that we hate doing tours of our brewery. I, I think we actually love doing tours of the brewery. People want to see the brewery. We want to show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as Paula said, it does become a, an impediment to customer service. Right. You're, you're forcing people to do something they don't want to do, right. uh, which, I mean, is just contradictory to customer service. Um, from the standpoint of, of food in the, uh, in the brewery, not so much an impact to us. We've got some fantastic restaurants right around us, across the street, right next door. People want to eat. They don't want to eat anything I'm cooking, that's for sure. Uh, so, so people want to eat. We're more than happy to support the local businesses, and the local businesses are more than happy having us support them. Well, I would so, guess, yeah. Um, so, so for us specifically, it's not so much the, uh, the, the the not being able to have food or having to do tours. Well, it's the having to do the, the tours, tours is the is more of right. it. So, from what I understand, from a lot of the let's say the opposition around these laws is that restaurants. Um, and, and, and in some ways, rightly so, have paid a lot of money to get those liquor licenses. The retail liquor licenses. Retail liquor licenses. And they're worried that you guys are going to be opening restaurants and competing directly with them. So from what I'm hearing, that is totally not the case. I don't... I have not from met... YouTube. From you two. Well, <laughs> I've not met one of the breweries in the state. Uh, that's in the as a production brewer that wants to open a restaurant. Right, okay. uh, if, if if we wanted to do that, we would have started at that point and then added the brewery and become a restricted brewery, a brew pub. Right, right. Uh, we, we we don't want to be restaurant tours. Gotcha. And I'm not kidding. Nobody wants what I make. <laughs> you know, it's I'll take uh, your, you're so <laughs> I'm you're so serious about it. You're about it. I'll uh-huh. take your word on it. My family owned a restaurant. And we do not miss it. Okay. And you I would, never want to go back there. I do not want to go back there. We have excellent relationships with the majority of the restaurants in our area. We have a lot of great partnerships. And I think that the collaboration is what's going to make it really different. Okay. As far as the tours are concerned, I, when people are giving me, you know, oh, I had it and everything. And I agree with them. I would much rather do the tour... Every brewer wants to talk about beer. We love making beer. We love talking about beer. We would rather talk about it over a beer rather than you cannot have a beer until the tour is completed. They don't want to pay attention. They want want to see if I can do the whole tour without taking a breath. (laughs) 
Well, that's funny because I've been to a brewery up north that they asked me, do you want the long tour or the short tour? And I said, I'll take the short tour. That's fine. And this, this lady ran through it in one breath in like, you know, under a minute. So... You know, it's we do the same. Right, we do okay. the same. Okay. Long tour, short tour. <laughs> the long tour, I let one of my partners do it. Okay. Because even their short tours are long, in my opinion. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it, 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 it's it's again, we want to show off what we what we do. We, right. we love doing it, but having to force customers to do it is is really it's, difficult. Right. So you'll do it um, anyway. But yes. when it's when it's yeah. when it's important to do, you know, when somebody's and, into it, and 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 the the, the you know it, 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 there's an impression being given out there that we're getting into the the supposed bar market cheap. First right, of all, right. we can only sell what we make on site. Right. Even if we brew a contract brew or have a second facility where we brew off site, we can't bring any of that in. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. We, 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 we can't sell any other beverages, even soft drinks we can't sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, third thing is, we've got hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in equipment. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and you know, I understand the, the aspect of the liquor license prices, but that's not of our making. Right. No, understood. I mean, that's, yeah. that's been around... They haven't changed the laws since like the 50s, right? So, yeah. I mean, those those antiquated, out of date, and that's why it's running so high. And just uh, we we at Third State actually face an additional challenge that I don't know that there's really anybody within the state that faces is our closest competition is not in the state. Our closest competition is a mile over the river in, in Pennsylvania. Where they don't have Where they don't have to do that. Right. And they can buy wine, and they can buy mead, and they can buy spirits that are made in Pennsylvania. You know, right. I, and not that I'm asking to be able to do that, but it, it, it is a challenge for us that we're competing with that. Well, and, and I'm sure, I mean, where we are in the state right now, we're not, you're never far from Pennsylvania. Right, and where I live, I live more up north. You're never far from New York, Staten Island, Brooklyn is not too far. So, as much as there's not a lot of competition directly in those places yet, Brooklyn's a little more so. But it's a, it's not a, a long shot to get there. So it's not that you're competing just with the restaurant next door. You're competing with another brewery that has a whole different playing field. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And a whole different support system. It's lost the, the community aspect of the breweries. Not only do we hire people, we try to uh, get as local as possible in our supplies, our vendors. We help the get where we're allowed to help the communities and work with them together. We do, and I think that that's important because we are such a big. There's uh, the tourism. There's the agritourism. There's the farm, the agricultural aspect, and sometimes I think that's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Chris Mazzone with Eight and Sand Beer Company. This is also Josh with Eight and Sand Beer Company. Okay. Now, guys, we're, we're here tonight at this event. Well, I'm sorry, at this non-event. Don't call it an event. <laughs> it's not an event. Oh, my gosh. We're here at this non-event talking about uh, laws, change, how the laws are affecting breweries today, and hopefully what we can do to, ch- we can do the, to change them in the future. So at Eight and Sand, I mean, the way the laws are today, 
how do you feel that affects your brewery and what you're doing? I mean, you know, it was a great start back in 2012 when, when they changed the law to allow for retail sales, at, you know, in tasting rooms. That opened the door. You see all these new breweries coming up. I forget what the count is, but it's around in the 80s it's now. About 80-something and, now, yeah. And there's, you know, there's definitely a lot a lot more that, that can be done now. Um, you know, there's basically two kind of strict and fast rules. You cannot serve food. You have to give a tour to everyone. How many, you know, how many times do you have to give them the tour? If they come in tomorrow, do you have to give them a tour again? The answer is yes. Uh, every time they come in, they get a tour. Some of our, we have a lot of loyal customers. Um, and they, you could tell that they're a little frustrated by it in the looks of their faces. Oh, you're going to give me this spiel again. We've gotten a couple social media posts, which is, you know, hey, it's fine, but we're still getting them that are like, oh, this this tour again? Come on, New Jersey, get up with the times. Um, you know, you look at other states, and for example, Josh and I and, and my partner Chris were, were in Denver, and wow, Right. That it is booming out there. Yep. You know, we went to what, I forget what the brewery's name was. We must have went was. to like four different breweries four in a matter of yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. yeah, and there was you know live music right there. There were sports on right there. There you was. You can't. You can't have live music, or you can today. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. What does that mean? Great question. <laughs> you know, what does the spirit of the law mean? What is a spirit of a law? Um, I don't know the answer. So is it so? Is it a lot of permits, a lot of hoops to jump through in order to do that? It's just a large gray area, really. It's a, it's large, a large gray, gray area. area. Okay. And 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 knowing that you're a licensed brewery in the state of New Jersey, that's not ultra friendly. Any gray area, I'm just going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're going to try to stay away from any way possible. We, correct. Correct. Yeah. We, we try to stay. We give you the tour every time you come in. We do not serve food. Um, yes, we absolutely stick to that. Now, now, just for the uninitiated, so if I come into your brewery and I can't, I can't even buy a bag of chips, it's not like you're trying to make a hamburger. You're, you, I can't even come in and get a bag of chips with my with a beer isn't it interesting that yeah you can't do that when you're serving alcohol shouldn't you be eating a lot of the training that we went through you know all of our servers go through it's called tip certification specifically say make sure they are eating food while they are drinking and, you know we have a lot of local restaurants that deliver which is great we have a lot of menus on the wall you know, but but we can't we can't sell you a bag of chips to to consume while you're drinking. And now your relationship with local restaurants. Um, I'm from what I've heard from other breweries that have local restaurants right nearby. Not only are you providing the menus for them, but I'm I'm guessing that if I go in with my girlfriend, have a couple beers, and ask you, hey, where's a great place to eat? You're gonna point me to. Absolutely. Well, Woodbury has a lot of... We're from Woodbury, by the way. Okay. And we have a lot of local restaurants that, um, you know, deliver to our to our location. And we try to sponsor them as much as possible. Um, actually, a close friend of ours owns a sandwich shop called Fat Louie's. And we just did a sweet potato ale. And they actually roasted a good favorite to them. 
200 pounds of sweet potatoes. Nice. Uh, for one of our brewers nice. in their oven, which was not fun for anybody, but they were willing to do that because we have such a great relationship with them. You know, they're only two blocks away from us. So not only are you referring and you're actually working with them to create new beer. Yes. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And we love doing things like that. Excellent. Um, so when we, when we, before we were actually recording, you started talking about a lot of the rumors that that are that you're hearing. So, I mean, what are what are some of those rumors that you're hearing? Oh, I don't want to talk about them. Okay. Um, so, you know, there there's talk about you know limiting how many beers you can consume in a tasting room. Maybe you're there. Maybe they're going to just limit it to one beer. You know, if you come in. Which um, is not the purpose of this. We, we we have how many beers do we have on tap? Josh? You know, we have seventeen or so. We, we, yeah. we have about seventeen beers. We want you to, you know, we want you to learn about each flavor, about each style. You know, small samples, obviously, but there's a rumor about that. There's you know there's there's rumors about just a lot more restrictions and firmer guidelines about you know penalties if you have live music, if you have sports on, if you advertise that you're doing these things. Um, there was even talk about removing, they're just rumors, they're just rumors, you know, removing seats, seating, and I, you know, rumors are scary, you know, 90% of them are not true, but, you know, it gets um, people, you know, excited in, in, in a bad way. Well, and, and I can understand, I mean, look, Knowing that a brewery, even a small brewery, is investing a lot of money in their equipment, in their in their factory, in their plant, and I would assume that you guys are actually getting a, some money out of your tap room to to help thrive and survive and, and move forward. Um, I, I would just you know anything that is going to take away from that and make that harder for you would have a detrimental effect on your business, possibly to the point of. God forbid, putting you out of business. No, that's exactly it. You know, again, back in 2012, it opened the door, mm-hmm. and which is why you saw an explosion of breweries that it went from like 12 to, to 83, whatever, yeah, to 86, whatever it is now. With amazing followers, amazing fans, loyal fans, very excited about you know the, the booming Jersey beer uh, scene. And if we start taking steps backwards, that's just not. The way that you absolutely to tasting room, that's where the margins are. It's no mm-hmm. secret. That's where the margins are. That's why there can be so many, um, you know, eighty in the eighties. That's the only reason that there are, um, you know, if straight distribution such as you know some of the bigger ones, you know, uh, paved the way for us. Like for example, Flying Fish, um, you know, that it was, you know, like you said, very expensive endeavor to go straight distribution. Mm-hmm. The tasting room is where your margins are, you know? So for the people listening and what you would tell your your, your folks who, your regulars at the tap room, if I'm, a, if I'm a fan of beer, I'm a fan of New Jersey craft beer, what should I do to ensure that I can continue to be a fan of New Jersey craft beer? So, you know, the NJBA, you know, very tight-knit. We, we keep our... Uh, you know, our ear to the grindstone, I think that's a term, isn't it? And we'll we'll keep you posted. And you also, you know, stay informed, you know, stay informed with your with your local politicians just to, to see what's what's coming. And you know, we might need your voices, we might need, you know, you to email and, and so on and so forth, just to for them to hear, you know, the passion of all of you guys. Um, you know, that, that, that you don't want to see steps taken in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. 
even if it's just asking for a local tap at a bar. You know, okay. just ask him what do you have on local. I mean, that's, that's a, a great part. point. That's yeah. that's a great point. Not there only are looking who you're voting for, or what politics are happening. If you just simply ask, ask, you're the consumer. You know, you express what you want and where you drink, like to drink and eat. Vote with your wallet. Yes, vote yeah. with your wallet. That's yep. a big part of it. Hi, I'm Lori White. My husband Jeff Beto and I are the owners of Zed's Brewery in Marlton, New Jersey. We're a five-barrel brewery, so we brew about 150 gallons a batch. Uh, we just opened on September 9th, so we are one of the newest kids on the block in Jersey beer. Definitely. All right. Gentlemen? Jim from Vinyl Brewing. Uh, we're in Hamilton. We're a three-barrel brew house. Uh, we just opened on September 29th. Um, we're located right in downtown Hamilton. So you guys are, the three, the two breweries are very, very new. Um, what goes into opening a brewery in New Jersey? So what has to happen before you guys can open your doors? A lot of paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork and a lot of planning. I think, um, you know, everybody knows that the environment is great for new breweries these days, but you really have to do your homework. So one of the things that helped us the most was having the support of our local community. Um, we knew that we were welcome coming in. We didn't have to fight City Hall. We didn't have to fight battles because local townships now in New Jersey are really educated about the benefits that a brewery brings to the local community. So we were really fortunate that we had... Um, other breweries paved the way for us, and mm -hmm. Marlton knew that they were excited about getting a, a microbrewery in their town. So even with it being, Marlton being excited, being into it, how long in planning were you? Yeah, a, a long time. So um, there's so many different levels of regulation that you have to deal with as a brewery. You have to be certified at the federal level, you have to deal with uh, you know, regulations at the state level, and then you have to make sure you're cleared at the local level. So we were about, from the time we started our federal application until we were able to open our doors, was probably 13 months. Wow. Okay. What about Vinyl? Um, I think we were right about nine months. It took us about nine months to, um, to do our federal and our state paperwork. Okay. And your town is into it? Our in town, um, we're actually the third brewery in mm -hmm. our town. Um, our town was very eager to have the, you know, another brewery open up. Okay. Um, we're the first one on our actual main street. Okay. So you guys are then right next door to restaurants, other businesses, mom and pop shops. Yep. We have um, we have restaurants. We have a pizza place right across the street from us. There's tacos. Um, we have a lot of food. Okay. So, so. If I come in, have a couple beers, and I say, "Man, I'm hungry," what do you what are you gonna say to me? We do keep a lot of. Uh, we have all the takeout menus for all our downtown restaurants, right? And um, as soon as you walk in our brewery, okay. So, from what I've been talking to other breweries, and especially since you guys are so new, is there any desire on your part to actually open a restaurant? For us, but no, we are right. brewers, and that's what we want to do. We want to make good beer and serve it. We're fortunate to have a tap room space to be able to introduce our beer to customers. Right. But we don't want to compete with local restaurants. We're happy to support them and be a, a good neighbor. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not at all. No. Um, you know, our focus is the beer. Okay. Um, that's all. That's that's really all we're concerned with. Okay. Um, if we wanted to be a restaurant, it would have been a hell of a lot easier to just be a restaurant. Just be right? a restaurant and bring in beer for <laughs> exactly, everybody else. Exactly, yeah. Right? Right, be a right. right. If I come in two or three nights a week, I have to do the tour over and over and over again. 
Do you see a lot of that? And are you getting, I don't want to say complaints, are you getting pushback? We're getting eye rolls. Eye we're getting, rolls, okay. We're That's getting, a good way to put it. Yeah, yes. we're getting like, really, I got to do this again? And people don't mind. Our customers understand this, the situation that we find ourselves in, so they kind of are gracious about it, but we are getting a lot of, really, guys? So. Right, right. Okay. Matt from Vinyl. I had a lady refuse the tour. She, I felt like she was going to fight me. I said, ma'am, you have to take a tour because we give an actual physical tour. Yes, yeah, so do we. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to take it. But like, you have to, ma'am. Try to be nice to her. She's like, I don't want to. Finally, I, I let somebody else handle it and she finally took the tour. So whenever I see her walk by the door, I go to the person next to me, you're taking care of this one. <laughs> but now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I don't take the tour, I'm not supposed to get a beer, and you guys can get heavily fined for that, right? Yeah, our license can be in jeopardy. We can get a big fine. We can, uh, you know, who knows what kind of penalties they can come up with to, um, but yeah, it has to be, it's part of our requirement to operate. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of the regulars, you know, they know the deal, and they, they're more than willing to just come back, you know, go through the... Go through the tour real quick, just so okay. we can get it done. come in looking for a tour. They're like, oh, what do I have to do for a tour? Okay. And we stamp everyone's hand after the tour. So some people try to get around it. They're like, did you take a tour? Yeah. Where's your stamp? Uh, I'll go take a tour. Okay. <laughs> we try to not to be too repetitive if we know we have regulars or people that have been back before. So instead of explaining the beer brewing process to them again, we say, all right, what can we tell you about what's new on draft? What can we tell you about where this grain is from? What can we tell you? So we try to be educational about the beer process without being too repetitive all the time. I know some places will do a a quick version of the standard tour, but if you're doing, if you're giving people additional information above and beyond, I think that that's fantastic. Just to not have to, you know, be the same old, here's the hot liquor tank, here's the mash tun, here's the fermenters. Right, people, right. people yeah. like to talk about the beer. Yeah, right. and so if you kind of change it up into, here's what our seasonals are and here's why, uh, you know, or here's, you know, our variations and things like that, then and we feel like we're complying with the requirement to give people a beer education. Okay, great. If you had your druthers and you could write the laws, change the laws, what would you do in the near future? I'm, I'm happy to talk about my beer all day long to anyone who will listen. So I'll give tours until I'm blue in the face, but I don't want to have to drag my customers through my brewery and give them a tour that they don't want or appreciate. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be able to talk knowledgeably about beer to the people that want that knowledge and then maybe have a more casual interaction with somebody who isn't that interested in learning about the process. <laughs> yeah, we love giving tours as well. Um, that's, you know, we're in this business because we love, we love beer. And um, for the people that don't want to take the tour, I don't, I don't feel like they should have to take it. Yeah, I've been to breweries in about five, six, maybe even more other states. They offer tours, but you don't have to take one. And mm-hmm. I love giving a tour. Like it's, but the part is, I don't like telling people they need to take a tour. <laughs> like I'll give tours all day. I don't care. But that's the one part. I'm like, can't we just get rid of it? And even the. Like we were saying earlier, the people that come in are regular, brewery regulars. They know where's the tour, but like they don't want to hear it again. Right. It's like taking the same class over and over again in school. Like I already know how to do two plus two. I don't need to know where the grain goes after you're done. Right. People ask questions. I'm fine with that, but 
Ask me a question at the bar. Right. I can, I, can, I can already tell you which is your fermentation tanks. <laughs> we've, been, we've been open seven weeks, and I already have people who can give the tour for me. You know, like they can, they can spout it back to me, our regulars who have come in or who. That's great. You know. Thanks to the folks at Lower Ridge, Third State, Eight and Sand, Zeds, and Vinyl. And thank you for listening. While this episode is focused on New Jersey laws, if you live in another state, I urge you to find out more about your local beer laws. Find out what your legislators think about those laws and how candidates in the upcoming election think as well. If you are living in New Jersey, visit the blog at overbeers.beer and you're going to find a list of beer-friendly candidates running in the state and in the counties of New Jersey. If you like beer and want to see changes, make sure you get out and support the candidates who support beer. Vote on November 7th and make sure you beer the vote. You can find out more about the podcast at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or where you get your podcasts. Believe me, it helps. I appreciate it. You can also leave a comment at the blog or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. The email address is cheers at santefoto.com. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.